Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Smoking is not permitted in this auditorium. It's the law. Certificates are available at the box office. Thanks for helping us keep the theater clean. As you exit the auditorium, please deposit litter in trash receptacles in the lobby. Please be considerate and don't talk during the show. Hello to all the retro movie lovers out there. We're uh, doing a special episode tonight. We're just kind of, you know, no film is rolling through the projector tonight. We're just kind of rolling, you know, hanging out in the graveyard. Things are slowing down the way is the way of the world now, I guess. But we're just going to kind of hang out, revisit old times, old memories, and old friends. So everybody, you know me, this is the GOAT. And I want to welcome back for the first time in a long time, other than reruns and little things I pulled out over the vault the last couple of years, we're bringing back one of the original movie grave diggers here. One of the guys who helped me dig up the corpses of dozens and dozens of great classic films. Everybody, welcome back to the program. The one, the only, Corey G, baby. How goes it there, cousin? Pretty good, man. Like, Cousin, I had to come on because yeah, I hear you being harassed constantly about where I am. I am. I, I wasn't going to lead off like that. Oh, but, I will because I'm we, an asshole. We might as well. I got to say, you know, the last, what I don't even know how how long it's been since we've done an episode together. Probably two years, I'd say. Maybe yeah, two year and a half. A year and a half or so, two years. Yeah. yeah. I always hear, so what do you know? Uh, uh, what? Tell us what was your story? How did you have the big falling out with Corey G? How did it come to blows? What happened? What went wrong? Who stabbed who in the back? What was the betrayal, cousin? Will you tell the listeners the true story of our huge and epic falling out that actually never ever happened? <laughs> well, the true story, cousin, is I had cancer. Right. Yeah. Some health problems. I worked, now everybody knows I used to say I worked at a hospital, and I I always used to bitch how I hated it. Well, one day I hated it more than any, and I snapped. Uh Let's just say there was security involved with me being exited off the premises. But (laughs) so when I got, after that happened, I told my wife, I was like, I don't want to work. I just want to, like, lift weights and shit. So I went to, like, the Limitless Mail, and, you know, a tip, if you guys want to get big, no matter how high t- your testosterone is, those places are going to tell you it's low so they can take you a thousand bucks a month and fill you full of some T's, some T4000. So I was working out and I was getting real big. And after about three months, I was also starting to get bored. And my cousin worked at like, he had like an IT job at like a, a company that like um, ships out like junk, like cell phone cords and shit like that. Yeah. So he says, You want to come work here part time? And I was like, Well, no. But I tell you what, I will, because all this shit I'm buying is costing me a lot. But one day I'm going to get bored and I'm just not going to come back ever again. I'm going to tell you that up front. And he was like, okay. So that was cool. So I'm working. I'm working with, I remember I always, you know me, I always got to try to weasel my way into working with the pretty girls. Uh-oh. So we're we're sitting there one day and we're stickering like fucking phones and shit. And, and I get pain on my right side. And I'm like, mm. thought nothing of it. Had it again. Thought maybe I had to take a shit. Went to the bathroom. 
still hurt. So I was like, God, my fucking side hurts. And so everybody like comes crowding around me. I got freaked out. Like it's your appendix. Your appendix is going to break. And I ain't made no wrong. My fucking appendix. And then I heard the magic words. Do you want to go home? I said, fuck yeah. I want to go home. You know, I don't be here. So I'm going home and I call the doctor and I was like, Hey, I'd like to see if I can get an appointment. My, my right side kind of having some pains in it. So the lady on the phone was like, Oh, that must be your appendix. You're going to die. And I was like, God damn it. So I just drove to the emergency room and believe it or not, even though I'm covered in tattoos, I have this like fear of IVs. Like Uh-oh. I had a bad experience with IVs once. So I hate them. And lady's like, well, we want to do a CT scan where you give you the dye. And I was like, I don't want the IV. I don't want the IV. Like, I was like really freaked out. And I was like, I tell you what, can you take it out the minute I'm done? Oh yeah, no problem. So I go in, they give you the dye. It makes you feel like you're going to piss yourself. Mm. And I go in the tubing machine, and I come out, and I'm just sitting there. I'm sitting there like now 10 minutes, and the nurse comes in. She's like, I don't want to take it out just yet. So my mind is like, oh, fuck. But she's like, we're going we're gonna to wait a minute. And I was like, did you get my results back? Well, we, 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 we got the first ones. Like, motherfucker, there ain't no second. It's just your results. Like, okay. So I called Jamie and I was like, that's my wife's name. And I was like, okay, my appendix must be fucked up because they're waiting for, they're not taking the IV out. So a doctor comes in, shuts the door, and I swear to Christ, this is exactly how she did that, this fucking dirty bitch. She goes, well, your appendix is fine. Pain must have just been something from that you ate. And I was like, okay. However, on your other uh, side, uh, your kidney's got a big tumor on it that I associate with cancer. Ugh. That's exactly how she said it. And I, uh, this is probably a good 30 seconds past, and I didn't really know what to say. I was like, you tell me I'm going to die? Call in the hospital now. And she left. And I sat there for like a fucking half hour before she came back. Like, just fucking time stood still, just like a blur. And she comes back, and she's like, Okay, well, it hasn't spread. And I remember looking at her going, that's what you should have led with. <laughs> and she's not like, well, not the look of death and then walking out. <laughs> and she's like, it hasn't spread. It's confined to the kidney. Um, I've got you an appointment with the cancer doctor next Thursday at 3. I'm like, okay. And by then I had called my wife and she had come. And, you know, I've always said my wife's pretty high up in the hospital that she works at, you know, and. So she was like, oh, no, you ain't waiting. So she made a couple of calls, got me in the next morning with, like, the top cancer surgeon. So she goes over my thing, and she's like, okay, it's confined to your kidney. Um, I'm not even going to biopsy it. I'm not going to get it. We're just going to take your whole kidney out. I'm going to slice you up. I'm going to go in. I'm like, whoa. First of all, where's the marijuana? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And she kind of looks at me as like, look, lady, I'm a nervous wreck. I need some pot. I need the pot. I'd like my pot now. But we don't prescribe pot. I was like, that's okay. Just give me some. I know you have it, you know, because I'm still kind of borderline basket cased. Yeah. I was figuring like, well, to be shot. She's like, well, I'll tell you what, your surgery's next Wednesday. Wow, that was quick. She's like, well, yeah, because you're clearly unstable. So I go... And I have the surgery. I would. I tell you what, cousin. There's a lot of people in the world I fucking hate. I would not wish this surgery on anyone. It's so miserable. I'm sure. So they they take out my kidney, 
uh, I get a crank call while I'm in my hospital bed because of that kidney from Illinois. I think I know it is. And if I find out it's real, I'm going to go out there and beat the fuck out of the person. But other than that, I remember when I'm it like, happened because I got yeah, the weird text being like, did you call me? And like, I like at the time I knew what was going on. So <laughs> People stooge people out. That's all I'll say right now. But so I'm like heavily doped up on morphine and everything. It's like six and a half hour surgery. Take the whole kidney out. I get up the next morning, and well, I shouldn't say get up because you don't really sleep. You just kind of nod on and off because they're giving you shots so you don't clot up and all this kind of stuff. And I remember the doctor's like, "I feel," I'm like, "And I feel pretty good." Yeah, I, I, I feel good. I'm I'm actually hungry because you can't eat like two days before and everything. Like it's just miserable. Yeah. And so like I ate, and he's like, "You want to get up and walk?" I was like, "You betcha." They put this little belt on you. I, I had good-looking nurses, you know, one by wife's hospital. And they're walking me around. And I'm doing pretty good. And I'm sitting on the recliner and everything. And, well, at 2 o'clock, I was like, hmm, not feeling too good. I think I'm going to move over to the bed. Well, they had taken the catheter out that morning. And I remember, like, I'm always picturing Dumb and Dumber 2 when he pulls the catheter out. Yeah. So, like, that was, like, my huge fear that they were going to take this catheter out of my dick and everything. Is that what it is? The catheter is just a tube that goes in the tube of your dick? It is. And I'm going to tell you what. Like, the lady's like, I'm going to take it out. And I was like, do you have to? And, like, I'm all scared. And I'm, like, clenched up, like, all teeth. I'm like, okay. And she's like, oh, I'm done. Oh, really? She's like, yeah, you don't really feel anything. I was like, oh. Weird. You do piss sideways though the first time, but you know, and that. So I'm I'm laid in the bed now, and well, you I think go you to the would bathroom. piss blood though from that thing, like a tube being in like your tiniest like whatever piss ways, you know. Nah, it's like you shoot to the. I shot to the right. I remember like it was weird, yeah. but it was also not in my bathroom, so I didn't care. But yeah, or like you going to clean it up. So yeah, I'm like laying there, and I'm like, God, I got pissed. Where's that catheter when you need it? And I was like, I couldn't get out of bed. So I had a call and two people come and help me. And it just, it's like, I can't describe how painful it is. I've broken bones, everything. And it it was just, man, I I can't describe how pain on a scale of one to 10, it was like 38. And so, you know, I had to get up twice and it was just agony. So from then on, I made up my mind, I'm going to sleep in the the recliner. That way I can just basically hit the button and kind of lift up. And I asked the doctor, I was like, man, I felt good until like last night. It's the worst night ever. Well, that's because they took the morphine off you around noon. I was like, oh. And you had like 27 uh, nerve injection blockers in your stomach. Those probably all wore off too. I was like, oh, maybe next time tell someone that in advance. Mm. So I sat there for like three days and everything was fine. You have to take a shit before you can leave and everything. So man, you're laying out all the gory details, aren't you? Yeah. And so, you know, I come home and then for two months, I actually had to sleep on the couch because our couch has like a recliner on it. So I could just, you know, hit. I couldn't get in and out of bed. It was too high. So, you know, you just raise up, go to the bathroom. And it's it's so fucking weird because when they when they take the the thing out, like basically your whole for me, it's my left side. It's like it's all jumbled up. There's no organ. So like you don't even fucking for the first three months, like fart like a normal person, like everything's Mm. weird. And your, whole, like, your whole body's like readjusting from getting all hacked apart, oh, I guess. Taking a shower was miserable. Uh, I dreaded having a bowel movement because you have to, be, you know, you got to bend and twist around to wipe your ass. That was just, yeah, I it's can just so painful, you know. And then, 
you know, and I had to walk uh, up and down the hallway for like, I think it was like every two hours for like 20 minutes at a crack. So you don't clot up. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like miserable. And then all at once you just feel better. And then, you know, you feel better again, better again. And, you know, all my stomach tattoos should line back up perfectly. I remember when you're telling me that I was like, I don't give a fuck. And all like, so it was so weird. And then, <laughs> yeah. So I had my first checkup and, you know, everything was gone because it ended up being a non-aggressive uh, form. Like they had caught it very early. So Quick, it hadn't yeah. spread anywhere. It was, yeah, it was confined to the, the kidney. You know, most people, when they have this, don't find out till they're pissing blood and it's in all their other fucking organs. Yeah. And mine was just, it was just a dumb fluke. So, you know, that's okay. And then the only thing then what happened was I got like really fucking weird, like, like, oh man like i'd catch a cold and i'd be like oh the yeah. cancer's back and i got like really weird and like really imagine. depressed and and i got fat and, and everything like that and i just i hated it and then i got my six i got my one year checkup then and she finally she's like i'm gonna be honest with you the odds of this coming back single digits she's like it, wow. it's she's like you're pretty good so with that then I kind of got like, and then they put me on some meds because it had like really turned me into like kind of paranoid and um, not like paranoid, but like hypochondriac, I guess you might say, but kind of like, um, it's kind of like depressed in a way. Mm. And then, uh, so they gave me some meds to make that right. And then, you know, with that, it, you know, I started to heal up after so long, I got cleared to lift weights again. Then I got cleared to kickbox again, and then now I'm actually I started uh, studying kempo karate, wow. perfect weapon, better to look out. Uh-oh. And you know, it, but I mean, <laughs> it's just a process. You know, it just took you know a year and a half to get everything back to normal. I, and I don't even say normal. I mean, like, I don't know if anything will ever be like fully normal again, but yeah. it's pretty good now. I mean, probably. Uh, the, I think the best thing you can hope for is. Uh... Like you said that, like you said, you're doing all this physical stuff where you just do it, and it's not like the first thing that pops in your mind, like oh, like you know what I mean. So, yeah, like I mean, I I still get like nagging injuries and shit, like when I spar and everything, but it's like, yeah, now it's not like, oh man, I got a sore throat, I got lung cancer, you know, it's not like that, <laughs> and, and you know, and like I adjusted to, and you know, they have good days and bad days, but like I adjusted to the meds and everything's really regulated in that now and it's just i mean basically everything's normal i mean like they always say i mean it's not a comfort when it happens but there was a good thing about a kidney you got two of them you know i got sick of that joke real fucking fast but uh you know i mean so anybody thinks we had a falling out no i got sick that's the i mean that's the long version of it but yeah that's the simple answer doing a podcast was the last thing on my mind not like that, but just to do any type of podcast, really. And, like, we used to really goof around a lot, too, when we did them. You kind of have to be in the right frame of mind, which, obviously, everything you're talking about, which was, a, you know, months and months and years-long process, everything. And plus, you were doing other things, too. But I got to ask a question, cousin, because, like, I mean, obviously, I knew about your illness and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't know, like, what you said, like, you was going to, like, that one place, and they were giving you all the supplements and the blah, blah, blah. And it's like a lot of that stuff that you take, like your kidneys have to flush all that shit out. Do you think like taking all that shit and getting trying to get like super testosterone up and all that shit, do you think that had anything to do with like... No, 
it was just when I asked, um, cause that's, that's going to affect your prostate more, which I was okay. getting checked for that. What it really was, was just, I mean, good old fashioned doctor's answer of bad luck. Hmm. Yeah. Cause it's kind of crazy too. Cause it's like, you're just a couple years older than me, but like, it's just weird to think anybody, I mean, this was a couple years ago too, but it's like, you just don't think somebody your age is going to get a tumor like that. You know what I mean? And she said it was probably in me. It could have been in me for five to ten years. Oh, wow. Because they, they grow so slow. Yeah, like I could have probably still right now just been fine. It could have been ten years down the road. I would have woke up, pissed out red blood, you know, and been like, God, I'm in pain. And been like, oh, God, I'm fucked. Because, uh, you know, a friend of mine, her sister, uh, when she caught it, it was when she was having unbearable back pains and, you know, all that kind of problems. And hers had spread everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had to get you know, multiple surgeries, chemo, radiation, it spread to her brain and everything. So, I mean, I don't like saying, oh, it's lucky they caught the cancer early. I mean, true luck is not having it, but, you know, they did. They found, and the cool thing with it was, is being I never had to have, like, the chemo, I never had to have any chemo or radiation or that. So, my son, you know, I just told him, he didn't even know I had cancer. To this day, he doesn't know. I just said, you know, my stomach's hurting. I got to take out my kidney, and I left it at that. You know, I wasn't going to freak my kid out. Well, especially, like, situation with yours where it's, like, pretty much once they did the surgery, there was no cancer left in your body, so. No, I remember, and I, I watched, I rewatched like, all the Sopranos, all the Sons of Anarchies, and, and I just laid there and just, I mean, that's all you can do is watch TV. Yeah. But you were doing some other stuff, too. It wasn't like you just totally dropped off the face of the earth. I think just a lot of people who, uh, and also, too, like, I have to say, I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but the whole podcasting like corner of the universe that we used to inhabit and all the people we used to know, like nobody does it anymore. So like to some people, they probably think you've been missing in action for like five years, but like you did a few little YouTube videos here and there. You've been doing your website for like at least what, three or four years now? Like, yeah, I do the website. The website I, I maintain real heavy. Yeah, what's the address for it so people can check it out? www.mvegraveyard.com See? It's it's a variation off the movie Graveyard, so people act like you flew the coop. <laughs> I'm but, just not on, you know, I'm just not on Facebook for people to yeah. talk to me. I mean, that's the that's the thing there. I get tired of looking at people's fucking lunch, but, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that Facebook was the... I mean, that's really all that happened there. And it was just like, and people that think they're going to, oh, I'm going to make a living off of podcasting. You're going to make a living off podcasting if you're famous. No one wants to hear me and you discuss wrestling when they can hear Chris Jericho and Raven, who I interviewed, talk. No one wants to hear me and you discuss an action movie when probably the two stars host their own respective podcasts. Right, right. Like, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. We do this for the hobby. You know, I've, I've poured. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun hobby and everything. Yeah. It's just there's a lot of people that think that they're really going to make a go. And it's kind of like YouTube. You know, if you dumb lucked into it in the beginning, and I really stress the fact dumb luck, yeah. you could be a millionaire. You join it now, the odds are really against you. I'm not saying don't try, but. Well, I remember, I remember I had some early YouTube channels, and they did pretty damn good, like, for what they were. And then, like, once Google brought YouTube, dude, like, they just rewrote that whole algorithm where, like, unless you're paying money or unless you're a celebrity, your shit is just buried. 
<laughs> and that's just the way it is now. You know what I mean? You know, I might not get paid for my website, but you know, I'm getting, you know, I get hand over fist review stuff, you know, anything from Warner brothers, screen factor, universal. I've got toy companies, weapon companies, you know, interviewing people. So, you know, to me, that's all good. That makes it all really worthwhile. I mean, you're pretty much doing everything you used to do on podcasts with the exception of, like, you're just not doing movie commentaries. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just type things now. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of, like, you know, because I kind of, like, known you for a while. And um, I didn't hear, like, a lot of your, like, early podcast stuff. I really heard you more just when uh, Vault of Mysterious Information was around. But, um... Before that, I know you had a movie website, uh, like writing reviews, written reviews. And then when we did, when we had our own page, the movie graveyard page, we had a subsection where you're writing a bunch of movie reviews on there, too. So it's. Yeah, that's how it started, you know. And then I was like, wow, people are reading this. Might as well just go to old GoDaddy and buy a domain and, you know, instead of Blogspot, have an actual www. And then it just. Yeah. Yeah, I never figured it would get as popular as it did. Yeah, but that's good. Your website's doing good. You've been doing a lot of good interviews with like famous action stars and stuff lately. I think I think probably the first big one I, th- I remember you doing was a couple years back. You interviewed Richard Grieco, and I thought that was huge. I did Grieco, and uh, it's kind of funny. Like I interviewed Diamond Dallas Page and told him how much my son hated uh, Johnny Mundo, I aka <laughs> Johnny Morrison, John Hannigan, and. He thought it was funny, you know, and, and that's his friend. And he told him, and, you know, it's been about three or four years. Um, I talked to Mundo just the other day. You know, I promoted Boone for him, and we just kind of became friends. Yeah, it's And it kind of sucks because they were coming here for SmackDown, and he was like, you know, I'll, meet, I'll finally get to meet you and your family. You know, I get your tickets, passes, and everything. And then this nonsense going on, that canceled that. So Yeah, it really sucks. Got to wait a little longer. It was kind of cool what happened with Johnny Mundo too, because uh, John Morrison. Because um, I remember that. I mean, he was always still wrestling and stuff, and he he it was really he started making a comeback when he got Lucha Underground, and then like just really when he did uh, Boone the Bounty Hunter, it was like I don't know. It was like his profile just kind of rose to the point to where now he's back in WWE. It's pretty. It's pretty. Pretty like he had a pretty awesome like I'd say five year comeback that was slowly building. You know what I mean? Oh, and it was cool. Like, he put me in contact with Cage and Brenda, uh, Son of Havoc. So he put me in contact with a lot of the people from Lucha Underground. And then, you know, and things just kind of went. Then I kind of, like, got to the point. It was like, I just want to interview people that I admired when I was younger. Like, yeah. you know, Richard Norton, Don the Dragon, Cynthia Rothrig. And I wanted to talk to Mateus Hughes. I want to talk to people that I really like, not like... You know, and and as a martial artist, they all like really respected it and they liked it because, you know, I was talking to them, not just like, oh, yeah, when you threw that one kick in the movie and all that, you know, I was I'm actually like talking about their forms and weapons and everything. So we've just had really good conversations. I remember you was telling me for weeks, hyping up, I'm going to interview Matthias Hughes. You were so pumped for that. Oh, he's the nicest guy you'll ever, I mean, just legitimate, gentle giant would be the best way to put him. Just the nicest man in the world. If you're going to describe, uh, you know, a movie star, I think you'd have to say Matthias Hughes is the highest quality. Oh, definitely. You know, Patrick Kilpatrick was a great guy, you know, I mean. 
Even though he always plays a dastardly villain. You know, at well spoken, well educated. I even asked him, I was like, You're too well as well spoken to play the villain and everything. He's just like, Well, yeah, that's what they cast me at. He's a pretty big dude. I think he's like six three, six four, so Yeah, he's huge. I think he was shocked, like he's like, What an eraser. No, I don't want to fuck that eraser. Class of nineteen ninety nine, baby. <laughs> Let's talk Toxic Avenger. What about showdown, daddy? You know, like I didn't want to talk about fucking eraser. I want to talk about the good stuff. Showdown. Yeah, you don't want to talk about uh, Black Water with Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> you want to talk about Showdown. I'm going to tell you, I watched the Van Damme, because some of Van Damme's stuff escaped me over the years because it was yeah. so horrid, but I watched this one. <laughs> Come on, that's Claude Van Damme you're talking about. <laughs> I'm forgetting the <laughs> name of it already. But he made this one movie where he was like a guy hired to find, it was like his Taken. And this yep. guy hires yep. him to find his daughter. That was a pretty good movie, whatever the fuck that, the name yeah. of it was. Six Bullets, Six maybe? Six Bullets, I think it is. I think it is Six Bullets. That was pretty good. I like that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of shameful for a, a huge Van Damme f- uh, fan like myself. I actually made a trailer. I never could get the money to make it, but I, at one point I was going to make a biography film of Van Damme. But I, but I still never saw his new uh, kickboxer movies. The two that he oh, made. Oh, it's god awful dog shit, man. They look bad, even though Batista it's terrible. You never replaced the uh, what's his name as Tong Po. Oh, Michael Quisi or yeah, whatever. Michael Quisi, yeah. He was Kickboxer says Kickboxer wishes it was as good as Kickboxer two, three, and four with the great Sasha Mitchell. Yeah, but as as great as Sasha Sasha Mitchell is, he can't dance like Van Damme did in kickboxer well, remember the the scene in the bar where he has the tight little uh singlet on and he's i, jumping I remember <laughs> i remember him in breaking yeah 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 he was didn't he have like some weird tight spandex shit on and breaking he too? did same thing he was there yeah. with fucking tong po yeah they were hanging out yeah it was both of them yeah and then in lineheart he fought in the pool in the little singlet too he was he was obsessed with that tight little spandex shit yeah he was you know and the, you know, I mean, either that or he's just too coked up to know the difference. Yeah, yeah. I would fight him. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I th- I think uh, I don't know what kind of shape you're in, but uh, but I'm I'm amazed. Like I see his workouts, like his cardio. He's never gone out of shape. Like people, sh- like even with, with his drug drug field days, he was always in great shape. Like I mean, like- he's skinny now, though. He's kind of a shell of what he was. Yeah, but he's also damn near 60 now, ain't he? Hey, you give me my staff or my screamers, I'm beat his ass. He's going to be the couch, and I'm going to be Jeff Speakman and the perfect weapon. I don't know. I, I could see him, like, whereas, like, Seagal, I think, would just grab you and fucking twist your arm. I could see uh, Van Damme actually being hard to hit. I could see him being defensive and kind of, you know, getting around I would you. throw a dime bag on the floor, and when he went for it, there comes the first <laughs> soccer kick. Seagal, I wouldn't fight. You know, people, and myself included, I'll make every fucking fat joke in the world about him, but I wouldn't fight that dude for the light. I'd run. I wish he was doing good movies still, because, like, there was a while there, like, we used to laugh about how bad his movies were, you know, but, like, so, there's some now that, like, they make uh, Pistol Whip look, uh, like, Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Pistol Whip. I mean, I love hey, motherfucker, fried egg. <laughs> oh, shit, baby. <laughs> I just I mean, want I your love dick ain't as big as mine. 
That's impossible. <laughs> you, you know he was rewriting that script. <laughs> oh, God, yes. You know, and I mean, I, I'll give him credit, though. Like, I've seen his last couple movies. He's kind of taken that back co-star, mentor, yeah. or evil villain in Coach. the crowd. I yeah. think he's, yeah, he's kind of, even Van Damme and the kickboxers, he's oh, the yeah. trainer and that, yeah. you know, they're, they're starting to kind of step back. But I'll tell you who don't need to step back is fucking Stallone. That last Rambo yeah. kicked ass. I still haven't seen it, believe it or not. Fuck, he's, he, all his, well, I know some people would always be like, oh, them old man action movies. It's like, well, that old man's action movies are fucking good. Bullet in the head's awesome. It is. By the way, like, you know, that, that whole wave of old man action movies that came out post the release of the first Expendables, I would take those any day over movies where, like, the main actor turns into a rubbery CGI, whatever. Like, there's so many movies now where, like, the main actor, like, once the fight starts, it just becomes, like, literally, like, not even a stunt double, but a CGI stunt double. I'm so sick of that shit. Like, like, like I, I get, obviously, the stars aren't doing everything 100% themselves and shit, but just give me some human being <laughs> doing the fight scenes. And, and, not, and not shaking the camera all around either. Like, let me see, like, what's going on. I love my superhero movies. I mean, I make no shame. I'm a huge superhero comic collector. But goddamn, I really missed the day when an action movie wasn't a guy in a costume. Yeah, same here. I mean, the the only real action franchise out there, in my opinion, is Fast and the Furious, which you know those are my favorites. But, yeah. I mean, God, there's superheroes in cars now. I know. I like them. I'm pissed I got to wait another year for the next one. But I'm going to tell you right now, fans, there ain't no way. Dominic Toretto is taking down John Cena because you can't catch what you can't see. <laughs> Yikes. I won't touch that with a 10 foot pole. I have to admit, have been in Predator. Oh, I have to admit, like, I didn't mind his first few movies that he did a couple years ago, but when I see John Cena and shit now, ever since that last Transformers movie, man, I just like, I'm like, blah. Like, you can leave he's it. not a good actor he sucks okay he sucks as an actor and he doesn't do any action scenes like oh yeah john cena you know he did all these wrestling matches he knows how to take pain he's done all this he does not he does no physical shit in any of these movies at all it pisses me off like like if you're gonna get a wrestler and i mean i'll give him credit even though i'm not the biggest rock fan like when the rock started doing movies he was he was getting bumped around and doing shit but, like, I don't see the point of, like, getting a retired wrestler like John Cena and then, like, having him change, like, stinky diapers and get pee-pee in the face. And it's just like, yeah, it's... It just, he sucks. I'm sorry. I'm, I we might see. I think we're going to see something out of him with, with Fast and the Furious. I think we're going to see something. But I'll tell you, you know, like, uh, Batista, I think, does just fine in his little Guardians of the Galaxy shtick. And, yeah, I like Batista. Yeah. Let's not forget Rob Van Dam star turning oh, wrong side of town, and yeah, let it let us forget that. That um, was a, that was an early one. That was an early Batista Van Dam Rob yeah. Van Dam collaboration, and then later I, he I got think, to work with the real Van Dam and Kickboxer. Imagine that. I'll tell you, I really like the. Uh, um, fuck, I just forgot what I was going to say too, and it was like when you're talking about The Rock, I'll tell you uh, of 2019, my second favorite movie of 2019 was actually Hobbs and Shaw. Really? It was mindless, it was two hours of mindless action and I loved it. I just sat there and just enjoyed every second of it. I didn't have to think. 
Now, did uh, him and Statham, like, get to do actual fight scenes, or was it just, like, them always hanging off, like, a CGI, like, airplane? Oh, no, they they had plenty of fight scenes, all action through the whole thing, fighting soldiers, two-on-one against Idris Elba in his exoskeleton suit, and, no, and, and their chemistry together was really, really good. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure they're going to do a part two, right? Hobbs and Shaw too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he confirmed that. My favorite movie of last year was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, it's great. I I just saw it recently, like maybe like three weeks ago. Like, and I wasn't like into it because I'm not really into like old timey '60s Charles Manson era bullshit. But that movie was excellent. I thought. Uh, my hands are registered as lethal weapons. We get in a fight and I kill you. I go to jail. Anybody kill anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> Greatest yeah. line in modern film, man. Yeah, no. it, was it was so... He deserved that Oscar. He was so I fucking agree. cool. Cliff Booth. And Leo was awesome. I picture that's how Leo really is. Like, yep. walking around, shaking martinis in his house and shit. I just yeah. picture him as that kind of guy. He, he physically looks like that kind of guy. <laughs> he does. Like, I picture him, like, dancing with go-go girls and shit. I don't know. It's just how I picture him. But, like, I really like him, but I don't think anything he did in there was Oscar-worthy. No, but it was good. I mean, I guess you gotta Joaquin say... Phoenix was Oscar-worthy. I, I guess you got to say, though, a lot of these performances are Oscar-worthy in the day and age where, like, three-fourths of the movies are intentionally trash. You know what I mean? Well, so, yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, getting an Oscar now is a lot easier than it was in 1992 or something. <laughs> oh, fuck. I thought Joaquin deserved it. I liked the – I was against the Joker at first, and then when I watched it, I really liked it. It was – I don't know why they called it the Joker. It could have just called it my name yeah. is Jim or something. But, no, that was a really good movie. I really liked it. Uh, way better than old uh, heroin head uh, Heath Ledger's piss-poor portrayal in that god-awful Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> I would take dog shit movie. I would take Dark Knight, whatever. Over, I, I like. I thought Joaquin was great in Joker, but I just didn't like the movie. To me, it just was like a carbon copy ripoff of a Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy. Like, like oh, this, it was hands yeah. down. But the acting was great. But, I mean, and, but but to me, he's not the Joker. Like, he didn't look like the Joker. He didn't act like the Joker. Like, if you just but wanted, neither did fucking Heath Ledger. But you know who was the best Joker? I mean, down to a T. Cesar Romero? Second best. The best ever? Jared Leto, Suicide Squad. Oh, my God. Well, you, I like, you know, I like It was Suicide like the character Squad. left off the pages of the comic. <sighs> I'll tell you, I really like Birds of Prey, too. I, you know what? Like, Birds of Prey, when I saw it, like, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, this story's not really clicking. But once the action scene started, it's got some awesome action scenes. It was. It was really good. It was like so much better than it had any business being. I had a blast through the whole movie. But that was pretty. That had a lot of gear toward comic book fans. I mean that that was made. I think with them in mind. And they. You could also tell that it was kind of like we got to be R because Joker made money. So they tried everything they could to get that R rating. You know what though works for me because I'll be. I'll be honest. Like. That PG-13 box that Marvel has painted themselves into a corner with, like, if you watch the Marvel movies, like, like they're just kind of like the last four or five, they're all just kind of recycling, like, the same moments over and over and over, you know what I mean? I gotta tell you, I'm the most unstereotypical comic book guy out there, but when Cap picked up Thor's hammer, 
my ass stood up in the theater clapping and screaming with every other fucking dork in that building. I mean, that 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 was like the, one of the greatest scenes in movie history for me. You know, what's funny, too, is um, they kind of hinted at that a little bit in Age of Ultron when they're all trying to pick up the hammer and, and cap like he can't pick it up, but it just budges a tiny inch. And then you see Thor get scared. <laughs> I look at that movie as the sequel to Tough Turf. Oh, I do too. And we talked about that years ago when uh, we did a yeah. t- tough turf commentary for Hillbilly DVD Reason. I, I agree, man. I mean, it, it's easy. better than Age of Ultron, too. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with that. I actually put Age of Ultron in the top three of Marvel movies, cousin. Oh, really? My favorite is Hands Down Winter Soldier. That's my favorite yeah, Marvel movie. That's my movie. favorite one, too, number one. I probably hit you with Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at number two. I like Guardians. I don't know what I would hit you at number three. I really like as much as I hated them Thor movies. That fucking Thor Ragnarok was awesome. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of like weird in that. Like, I kind of like all the Thor movies. Like, even the first, especially the first one. I think I kind of like the setup. I like that. I like when the movies are a little goofier because we're talking about guys in tights fighting other guys in tights. They got to be a little. I'd say I really like Shazam. I know that was geared too. straight up for the kids, but I had a good time with it. I like Shazam. I actually think Shazam is kind of good in that they kind of like took like the Harry Potter Harry Potter route with it, whereas like it, it is for kids, but then like they put the dark edge on it too, because the the bad guy in it has a pretty good uh, dark uh, backstory to him. Yeah, Savina. Yep. I didn't like Wonder Woman that much. That's the one I don't get why everybody's like, it's the greatest movie ever. It's like, no, it's pretty fucking boring, actually. I liked about the first half of it. And then, like, yeah, kind of like, like, like once her and uh, what's his name, like, became a couple and and uh, did a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, the rest of the movie was kind of side saddle with them having, like, a lame romance when really you just wanted to see a movie about Wonder Woman being a badass. You know what I mean? And she does nothing for me. I just, I don't see it. I, to this day, don't see her as Wonder Woman. I like it. it it's a different take. Uh, I took a lot of heat because um, I said Wonder Wonder Woman in the comic book has been, like, overly sexualized and drawn with big boobs forever and stuff. Which, if Fuck you look, yeah, she has. Yeah, if you look at a comic book, that's true. And I, I had some uh, fans uh, tell me that's not true. That's a sexist uh, assumption. I'm just like... I, well, I have eyeballs, and I can like put like a thousand screenshots of comic books in front of you. <laughs> but uh, read yeah. a fucking old Wonder Woman comic. They're fucking about bondage. You got to yeah. tie her up in the lasso and all that. Well, they even so, made a. I was like, you talking to that. some, you talking to some guy who sounds dumber than the source. Yeah, yeah. I ain't forgotten him. <laughs> I uh, yeah, like. Uh, like the old days you, you, you know who i got a bone to pick with though i mean they were kind of taking a trip down memory lane and i'll, I'll call both of these guys out and i don't have a fucking problem with it because they're a they're long gone they burst onto the scene you know thought they were going to cause this big ruckus but a lot of people don't remember i think even when we started this show originally we was running the slow hand radio network and like i said we used to have a whole network of people we knew were doing podcasts so we're like we'll just make a website to help promote everybody's shit I think it yeah, is. the one where nobody helped promote anything. Yeah, nobody did. We took on like yeah, seven, eight shows. Yeah, we pro- and like I gotta admit, like at the time, I didn't think it was really like you know having that website and promoting and all that the way we were doing it. I didn't think it was doing much, but it really did help the download numbers. Um, you know, compared to what they are now without it. 
But um, eventually I closed down the site. The real reason why I closed down the site, besides like half the people stopped making the shows, was this, I'm cursed with this uh, thing, cousin. Every time I like before I put anything out, because I don't want to like have anything that has a similar name or anything like that. I researched and researched. There was nothing like not even close being called Slowhand Radio Network. We get that website up for like a year, and you can go find it now. Some asshole starts some. Eric Clapton, because Eric Clapton's nickname is Slowhand. He started Slowhand Radio Network. And, like, it pissed me <clears> off <throat> because we were trying to promote podcasts on ours. And it, and every time, you know, we would plug it, like, nonstop. Oh, Slowhand Radio Network on all our shows. Go listen to, you know, go to WW Slowhand Radio, all that shit. And then when people would go search for it, this fucker, would, where all he's doing is bootlegging some guy's music, that's always coming up number one in the Google search. Why would Google even do that, like, allow that? But it just because everybody knows the real slow hand is Steven Seagal. Exactly, nickname from Ticker, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but that just pissed me off. So that was the real reason why I closed it down. But but we were making some kind of inroads with it because we got like you know approached by these guys, and I, I'll be I'll be honest, you know, I can be taken for a sucker every now and then. But these two guys contacted us. Oh, we're the biggest fans. We want to be a part of Slow Hand Radio Network. We want to do our own show. You guys have inspired us. The GOAT and Corey G inspired us. These two guys, their name was, if I remember right, one was named Gary, Gary C. And the other one was named The Moose. We're like, okay, whatever. Oh, that Moose was a pretty good guy, in my opinion. Was he? Was he? Because I just remember these guys, oh, we're big fans. We want to be a part. And I was like, okay, you know, like, what do you what do you got? Like, you bring us, because at the time, we were signing up new shows to be on the network. And they were like, oh, we're starting this new show, you know, brand new concept format, never been done, the closet of unknown facts. And I guess what they were going to do was they were going to like, um, and this concept has been kind of like taken too from like recent ones like Movie Microscope. But like, I guess they were going to take pop culture things and like really zoom in, uh, like get down to the fine details and stuff. So I was like, well, you know, do a pilot. Let me hear it. They did the pilot. They sent it to me. I said, this is pretty good. You know, like I, I put it on the air. We probably, I think they did two episodes. And then like biggest egos in all of podcasting, these guys. The next thing they know, we hit Slow Hand Radio Network. They're like, you know, thanks for helping us launch uh, our, our show, getting us listeners and all this. And we're cross-promoting on Hillbilly DVD reviews, all this shit. And these assholes, they go and start, what was it, Fast Foot Radio the Empire Network, whatever the fuck Something it was. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Fucking rip-off artists. Condis from the inside out. We thought they were good guys complimenting us, liking our style of podcasting. And then they go and they pretty much stole everything from us, you know. And, uh, I mean, obviously, where are, the, where are those fuckers now? I mean, that's a lesson, you know. You don't go in, you don't fuck with people's shows and formats and creativity. I mean, you can steal it, but, like, everybody's going to know, like, what's authentic and what's not. You know what I mean? What happened to Beautiful Bert and Jimmy the Soup? <laughs> Beautiful Bert, I really have no idea. Jimmy the Soup, I know, um, you ever see those guys, like, um, in paparazzi things, like, like you know, some celebrity, like Nicolas Cage, um, you know, he's coming out of a concert or something. And there's, like, a guy that somehow knows he's going to be there. And, like, not only does he want an autograph, but he's got, like, a pile of, like, 40 Nicolas Cage 
um, you know, like uh, eight by ten photos, and he wants Nicolas Cage to sign thirty of them for him so he can go sell them on eBay. The last I seen, that's what Jimmy the Soup was doing. Because Jimmy the Soup, like I seen all his photos, he was meeting all the celebrities at cons, taking all the pictures, all that kind of shit. So he's he's like an autograph hound, last I know. Beautiful bird, as far as I know, he's probably dick face down in a grave somewhere. That wouldn't surprise me. Hell of a good commentary on Lionheart, though. Yeah, he did. You know, I gotta admit, he he did come through on that one. But I mean, what, what I watched that the other day. It's good. Yeah. It's real good. It actually uh, might Paul, be might, Paul might be London's the most favorite uh, Van Damme movie. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably the one I watched the most because it's so. A it was one of the first, probably one of the first fifteen twenty DVDs I ever bought. So, you know how that was back then when DVD was new, you just wanted to watch them over and over. But uh, it, it yeah. actually, it, as cheap ass of a movie as it is, with Van Damme and his his manager Joshua, uh, it, it actually has a good story and the fight scenes are good too. My blood sports probably the one I watched. I actually just watched it the other day. To be honest with you, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. I always tell my son how I can hit the bricks and break the bottom one. Really? <laughs> well, I break the ones on top of it too. But you know, yeah. I mean, still, I'm, I'm still breaking the bottom one. I'm just taking the other ones with them. They don't. They don't make movies like that anymore. No, you know, and it's sad they don't. No. Even There's a formula to do it again. I just no one's cracked it. I agree. And I wonder, too, because, you know, like like I've been uh, going through, since I've been home more, I've been going through finding more movies uh, on cable and then streaming and stuff. Like, like that's really where all these cheap-ass current action movies live. I actually watched like one. Amazon, Amazon Prime's got all the 90s straight-to-video action movies on there. Yeah, they really have a lot of the old shit on there, I noticed. I actually found a good new one, though, that I really like. Did you ever see that one um, I watched the other night, the 24 Hours to Live with Ethan Hawke? No, I missed that one. It's actually really good. Like, it starts out, he's like a hitman, and uh, they kind of lure him back or whatever, you know, uh, like one last job because his family's been murdered and stuff, so he don't he don't care. He's kind of like an old drunk bum. So they get him to do, like, this, this hit or whatever, and shit goes wrong. He gets killed. And they bring him back to life because they need to know, like, where some witness is going to be. Like, he had some information that they needed. So, like, pretty much, like, they brought him back just temporarily. Like, he's literally, like, got 24 hours to live. He has, like, a ticking clock in his arm and shit. So, you know, he got... He, but, but, like, they bring him back to life, but they're just going to kill him again right away. Like, but, of course, he breaks out and goes on a killing spree and gets revenge. It's actually a really good action movie. I was surprised. I watched Gridlocked with the guy that plays Heatwave on Legends of Tomorrow. Really? That was trash. I didn't finish it. Like what kind of just because I just because I like action movies don't mean I'm gonna like all of them. You know, a lot of That's people true. I think kind of fall into that category. Same for the horror fans, you know. But uh, yeah, horror fans no, like all horror. They like all. Well, no, horror fans like everything from the '80s and hate everything else. But you know, I mean, that's the I'll tell you the horror movie that I didn't really mind. I watched. I went to the theater. We saw that Hell Night. That was pretty good. <laughs> I actually go see all the movies in the theater. I got an Alamo by me, so until it had closed because of this fucking coronavirus, we were going to the movies at least twice a week. Did they do a remake of Hell Night, or are you talking about Hellfest? Hellfest, Hellfest, yeah, the one at the I, carnival. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. I actually had a good time with it. Yeah, I got the 4K of that. I actually, like, you know, I seen it when it came out, and then, like, whatever it was, like, the next year, like, the next Halloween, I was like, I want to see that again. <laughs> 
I liked it. I liked the new Halloween movie. You know, I liked, uh, I didn't care for the invisible man. It was too long, but, uh, usually a lot of those, you know, people shit all over those Blumhouse productions. They're pretty good. You know, they kind of have that vibe of the eighties kind of lower budget horror movies, uh, black Christmas. I like, I dig all that. They, um, if you only see the Blumhouse ones that come out in the theater, they got, which you know, one? A, a so-so just any of the ones that come out of the theater like a summer good summer bad but if you watch any of the ones that blumhouse make for like hulu or something they're awful cousin yeah you know, they're all their direct to streaming movies are the fucking worst i, I try to i like to, i just like going to them i'd rather go to a movie than a sporting event or a concert i just like going to the movies movie parties and all that I just you know it's just something i enjoy and like i said i I know, uh, I can't remember what it was. Some movie we wanted to see wasn't playing at the Alamo. And I remember my son, I was like, well, it's playing at, you know, the, the Exarmin Theater, the one down. And he was like, and where I got to wait in line for popcorn with common people? <laughs> wow. And I was like, well, that's right. We're not going to the poor theater now, are we? So, <laughs> Yeah, i actually never been to the Alamo. I actually kind of dampered down uh, going to the movies just because I only have like one theater here, and like their movie selection just really sucks. Like they really hate to. Uh, it's a Cinemark theater, so I'll throw that out there. Cinemark theaters fucking suck. They suck. Yeah, we yeah. have them here. They love to if they can get away with it, not playing R-rated movies. Like R-rated movie will come out. It could be number one, number two, number three at the box office. Well, it's going to play for six days, and then we're going to keep some Disney movie for eight months straight. Like mm-hmm. they suck. Yeah, we like the we like the Alamo. I don't know. I just I like everything they do. It's just now it's kind of like if it don't play at the Alamo, I ain't going to it. Yeah, but generally yeah. they play all of them. I agree with that because like once you like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, what, what? Like, I mean, I didn't grow up with fancy theaters. I grew up with just your no, normal, like you know, slope floor, like long the grind skinny, house, the grind house, <laughs> the grind house multiplex, cousin. That's I right. Mean, when I when I grew up, theaters were like were not now. Theaters were fancy like in the fifties and sixties and shit. By the time I grew up in the early eighties, theaters like we, we rat did, holes. Yeah, yeah. Like we did have a couple neighborhood ones that were still around that from the old days, but they had slowly kind of deteriorated. But the the multiplexes were shit, man. Like remember how like plain the seats were and like <laughs> just how shit. Yeah, they were. and they didn't have like nothing was risen, so if somebody yeah. sat in front of you, you were fucked and everything. Yeah. So. Like, like in the old days, it really sucked to uh, go to the movies on the weekend because, like you said, there, there, there for sure would probably be some. But at the same time, I remember some theaters were, like, super fucking big. Like, they weren't that wide. But remember how, like, skinny theaters used to be? Like, yeah. Like, like literally 100 rows of seats. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Nah, it's just, yeah. I just, for some reason, I just like the Alamo. I don't, I, I like... Pushing a button on my phone and get my tickets. Walking in, sitting down, they look at my phone and and I'll take my order and I'm set. I don't know. I just really like it. Comfortable seats. Have my little table there. Yeah, because because we like we finally got the power recliners in here and stuff. But I mean, it's still Cinemark sucks. I'll say it a million times. Cin- Cinemark has not killed my love for theaters because when I'm on vacation and there's other theaters to go to, I'll go to them. But um. Yeah, man, I I know what you're saying. Like, it's really hard. Even if it's a movie you're dying to see, it's really hard to go see it at a shit theater. <laughs> oh, it is. It's terrible. Yeah, because like, it's like if, if the choice is, and, and I'm I'm not the kind of guy. Like, I went to the theater, you know, for for years and years and years. 
once, two, sometimes three times a week. Because even though people are like, oh, just wait a couple months and watch it on video. Like, there's some movies I don't give a shit. I'll wait for video. But if you really want to see something, like, it sucks to wait three months for everything. You know what I mean? Oh, it does. And now I notice things are going away from the Blu-ray. Like, you wait Mm -hmm. three, four months and it hits the the digital. And then you got to wait two, three months after that for the Blu-ray. I hate that. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a voodoo code guy. No, to say fuck the least. That. And and I'm not I a give fan. them away. Yeah, I'm not a fan of uh, it's on digital a month early. Pay us twenty dollars to have a to, to basically Netflix it. It's like no. <laughs> yeah, I'll, no, I'll never, I, like I have a 4K player. I have a 4K TV. I'm not gonna fucking stream something. I want yeah. my 4K disc. I want something. Good. Speaking of cousin, I, I've been I've been keeping a secret since. I want to say Groundhog Day of 2017. I was always going to mean to spring this on you when we the next time we did a show, but unfortunately we never did another show. Cousin, I jumped in and I went with the OLED. Oh, very nice. Those are nice TVs. Beautiful, beautiful. I don't like 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 I I had a I had a like uh, mail order it from like a you know a small TV dealer in order to save enough money to be able to afford it, but uh, you know. Trust me, it's worth it. Anybody and people, ah, OLED, ah, I hear all these fuckers whining, ah, OLED. Oh, no, they look good. They yeah, look good. They look good. Like, 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 sell your car if you have to. <laughs> Get an OLED. It's fucking worth it. And people are like, oh, but they burn in. I, I, I couldn't play over. I play video games. I've had my TV over two years. I play video games every day on, well, probably not every day, probably five days out of the week. I play video games. And granted, I play for an hour or two. I don't do 12-hour marathon. I've never seen one inch of, like, a stuck pixel or a burning or nothing. But when what's great, cousin, and the reason I really wanted it, and I kind of jumped in it because it was, like, when they did away with 3D, it was the last year they are going to do 3D. I was like, I need my 3D. I got, like, 200 3D movies. I got to watch the shit. But the best part is when you turn the lights out, you know the letterbox bars, like you don't even fucking see them because the, that part of the oh. TV turns completely. It's beautiful. I fucking hate letter. I don't hate letterbox bars being there, but I hate it when it's on a TV where you can see them like still glowing. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't like that. I hate that. I I got a curved 4K. I like you know because they don't do the curve anymore, and I I like yeah. that. So I've got a big one in my room, but. I had to buy another PlayStation because now that my kid plays Fortnite with every other kid, I never yeah. get to use the fucking thing. So I bought another one for Easter. I'm going to give him a brand new PlayStation. Nice. That way I, too, will have my own PlayStation so I can play games now by myself. Yeah, who's always uh, robbing banks and shit in GTA? I always see that. <laughs> that would be my son. Okay, yeah, that's what I figured. That's why I never sent any messages or anything because I figured he'd be the one reading them, so. Fuck, if you have GTA, he play it with you. He's got his own biker gang, drug running mob. He's got a casino. He's got everything. He play it with you. Yeah, I don't. I think the last one I bought was for PS3, like whatever that was back then, GTA 4 or something. It's still in the street yeah. wrap. I like that's my favorite one of the bunch. Those ones take he plays too a lot long. of Call of Duty now. Yeah, I'm too old. I ain't, I ain't, got, I ain't got the time to put in the finish. Like I, I think I finished GTA Two maybe like on PS Two back one. in the day. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Vice City, I got made. Vice City was my favorite because it was the eighty set one. But I only got like three fourths of the way through it. It just was so long uh, I could never finish it. Yeah, I finished that. Uh, the five is like fun. It doesn't take as long to finish as the others. The the cell for that's the online mode. Yeah, it seemed like it switched to more like an online game mode. 
It's it's probably the best online game made. I mean, I I I come home from lunch, and like I sit down and turn it on myself and just start murdering people, take out my frustrations before I go back to work. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and speaking of movies, cousin, I gotta cut it because my son wants to watch American Ninja Three Blood Hunt tonight. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, the other day was American Ninja. Yesterday was American Ninja Two. Tonight's American Ninja Three. Yeah, I was like flipping through because I just got all the movie channels. I was actually watching. I can't remember which one it was now. Stars is showing all. Yeah, stars, stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was watching some on like uh, one of my morning breaks from work. I was watching uh, American Ninja Two, and I saw Blood Hunt was coming up next. So, uh, well, you, oh yes, you guys enjoy that. I don't think we we're gonna have. Did we ever cover American Ninja? I don't think we did. No, we never have, and I'd sure like to. Yeah, I would too, actually. I bought which the, one? I think I think we were because I remember watching it. I think we were going to do the first one, but we just never like we watched it, but we never like got around to actually recording it. Well, why don't we just cover American Ninja one next week? Yeah, let's do it. I'm giving you my commitment on the air. All right, now, if you don't show up, <laughs> the listeners. They're going the to listeners know, will know. They'll know that we had a big falling out and that you flew to coop, cousin. They will, but don't. I promise the next week, American Ninja won. Now, what if the coronavirus gets canceled and it's all cleared up next week? Will you still do American Ninja? Oh, yeah, because I like staying in my house watching TV. What the fuck okay. I need outside? Okay, that sounds good. So yeah, you heard yeah. it first there, fans. American Ninja. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you jump off the line so you guys can get your American Ninja on. But uh, that would be yeah, like I know this, I know this episode was kind of right. all over the place, but it was it was nice to welcome you back, Corey G. Yeah, for everybody that wondered where I was, there's your whole story. Yep, every little bit of it. Uh, I'm sorry if it wasn't as exciting as you'd like it to be. <laughs> you wanted to hear that we had a a, a decades long feud and we yeah. we had a falling out over a. A podcast we did where we talked about 80s Bronson movies. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Corey G got sick. That's the beginning and end, beginning, middle and end of it. Pretty much. All right. Till next time. Thanks for, uh, you know, jumping on again, Corey. Everybody else, have a good time. Uh, if you're stuck at home like we are, uh, you know, load up on 80s, 90s flicks, whatever, whatever makes you happy. And until next time, we'll see you soon in the movie graveyard. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.